Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we talk about replatforming with special guest Chip Gettinger of RWS. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Keefe. Hey, Chip, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. It's great to see you. Yeah, you too. Chip, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do at RWS. Sure. I manage our global solutions consulting team here at RWS, and it's our product is Tridian Docs. It's a uh, data component content management system. So I work with customers and partners on technical business requirements for their CCMSs. So you are in many ways the the in-house edition of what we do over here at Scriptorium on the on yep. the outside looking in. Yeah, I you know, I'm in the sales side of things, but we have very very detailed solutions that I get to work with some really wonderful customers. Yeah, and so so for the audience, Chip and I go way back. We've known each other for a long time, and so if this degenerates, that that'll be why, and we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to focus on replatforming today. We've we've had a lot of projects recently that involve this. Um, I think both of us, and I guess I need to start with a definition of what replatforming is. So in my world. I define replatforming as moving from one component content management system from one CCMS to another. And I suppose technically, if you start with a collection of Word files out in space and you moved to a database CCMS, that would be replatforming. But really, that's a new platform and building out structured content. So when we talk about replatforming projects, typically we're talking about a situation where a client already has structured content, right? And they're moving it from system A into a new system, into system B. Does that match, you know, how you handle it? Absolutely agree, Sarah. I have seen uh, uh, new Tridian customers coming from other CCMSs. And typically I find there's some business change that's happened to, you know, to spark this kind of replatforming. One is uh, mergers and acquisitions where two companies get together, there are two CMS, CCMSs, and one, one basically is, is chosen. So the other group will move their content over into you know, a CCMS like Tridian Docs. Um, the interesting part is, is I also see uh, people who are upgrading from really old systems. We have some customers, uh, you know, 12, 14 years, and we had one customer still using the IBM DITA, if you remember that from the early days. And and so, you know, they've been, and really that was almost, that was a real, real, real replatforming into DITA 1.3 and other new aspects that they had no, no exposure to. So what's the breakdown that you're seeing? I mean, in terms of sort of, replatforming in your potential client base? You know, when people come and talk to you, is it uh, mostly replatforming or is it mostly going into DITA for the first time? Or, you know, is it kind of a 50-50? What does that look like? It's a great question. And I would say it's 50-50. So, um, and, and I find this and my team very much gets involved in evaluations and workshops where companies come in and want to try out, you know, um, Tridian Docs before they, they move. 
And and what I've found, Sarah, especially over the last five or six years, is we have more data-educated uh, customers, users mm-hmm. coming in. They understand it. But perhaps one one trend I've noticed is that when they set up the original CCMS, let's say 10 years ago, they really didn't think about a reuse strategy. They didn't centralize libraries. They didn't set up CONREFs and you know all the things that your team at Scriptorium does a great job with. Um, we're finding organizations just, uh, I'll tell you the worst case scenario, they, they took their FrameMaker files and they used the composite did a topic and guess what they did? They made a one big, big, huge topic. That's the worst case. But most people are doing, you know, general generic topic typing or the composite did a topic. You know, they didn't really think about reuse. And now here they are, you know, many years later, and they have a new group coming in or something like that that's causing this change. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like what we're seeing. Uh, additionally, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, companies that aren't using keys because, for example, when they built out their initial system 10 years ago, keys didn't exist. <laughs> So, exactly. You know, it's not a it wasn't a mistake. It was just that now we have some additional features and we're also seeing a lot of well, we specialize to cover these kinds of use cases which are now part of the newer DITA, you know, DITA 1.3. And so we look at do we keep that or do we, you know, despecialize down and get them into the standard DITA element that's now available for what they're trying to do. Um, so you're right. I mean, it's an opportunity to revisit the content modeling decisions that were made and I exactly. think make some improvements there, which isn't really, that's not really part of the replatforming, right? It's just, we're going to replatform anyway, so let's right. do some cleanup. Yeah, and do some cleanup and alignment because... Um, and, and yeah, getting back to the replatforming, when let's say we're converging two groups together, They've they've got different metadata and attribute models, and and they probably have different topic models and book maps versus data maps, and um, it's a great time to make alignments when you're going to be cleaning up and trying to reuse this uh, across these different systems. One one customer I worked with, um, there are three or four different mergers of different companies, and they did they did eventually they they chose to centralize on Trinity and Docs, but they decided to maintain. Their, their existing content models because the marketing wasn't really recombining new products and so forth. They were still kind of siloed with their products, but they were able to have their own, you know, publishing did open toolkit chains and so forth. And it worked, it worked okay, but, you know, I wouldn't want to try to reuse across the content. But the interesting part was we, um, we just uh, two years ago, we came out, we redid our content importer application and we rebuilt it. And it's been quite popular with our customers who are kind of replatforming and moving content around and so forth. So, yeah, so that's that's really the question for me. What's the biggest challenge? What are the biggest problems that you run into in these replatforming projects? I think it's gaining acceptance and alignment. You know, governance is hard enough to agree to, and then you come along and you're going to change it, especially if you have a company that's being acquired by a larger company. So the the, the typical kind of governance and other issues we have are problems. I think the other, the other challenge that I see are more technical, where um, people are really running old versions of software out there. They're really 
outdated. And you, for example, I mentioned the did open toolkit. There, there are versions of Java that aren't even really officially supported that people are still running with. And then as your team knows at Scriptorium, you, you have to then, sometimes you have to rebuild scripts and publishing and so forth. And, and, Sometimes companies don't really take that into account. They just think, oh, Ditta's Ditta, I'm going to move it around. And, and generally, the Ditta content does move around. But there's supporting things that go into it that, that do have some costs associated with that replatforming. So you mentioned mergers. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me that if you have two or three or five companies that merge that have two or three or five different CCMSs that just broadly from a total cost of ownership point of view, even if they're not sharing content, it makes sense to consolidate. Um, what are some of the other things that you're seeing that uh, push people into replatforming? Uh, you mentioned old systems too. Right, right. Um, well, sadly, I've seen, you know, with, when you're old systems, you're also more vulnerable to security issues and, and you just look at what's happened the last several years as far as vulnerability of data. Um, and if you're running on, a, on a, a Microsoft platform that Microsoft doesn't support anymore, you can get into trouble. You, you know, you can, um, especially at, we had one customer in a regulated industry and they were technically out of compliance with their own internal regulatory groups. So. Um, but the, the team had never upgraded their system. They had just kind of had gone along for, you know, 10 years. So compliance can be very much, um, you know, opportune time. The second area I see is the move to cloud. It, it's amazing, Sarah. Uh, I mean, I would say a majority of our business now is software as a service, you know, cloud. And we have many customers that are on-premise and their IT group goes, well, you know, you got to move to the cloud because, you know, yeah, all those server guys, they're not here anymore. We're just going to be, you know, outsourcing services. So, you know, you, you suddenly can't just go along with the way the system had been set up. And, you know, moving to cloud is actually a, a program that we brought into some of our customers and we've been pretty successful in planning it. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I would say also more broadly, we're seeing a lot of uh, environments where the system, the CCMS was, was essentially customized and purpose built for a particular yes. use case. And then that customer, either their use case changes or, you know, the, the external situation, cha something changes. And they're faced with this thing that they've customized to a point where they can't, they can't get out. They can't change it. They can't fix it. They can't modify it. Uh, the person who wrote the code is long gone. And it's just, that has been very, very difficult. Um, you get this sort of, but that's how we've always done it. <laughs> well, you know, Sarah, you brought it up. Um, one of our customers spoke at the recent Convex conference around replatforming, and um, that's exactly what happened. The person who had written a lot of the customizations left the company, and the team that was left with these customizations did not know how to support them. And there was a lot of analysis, and she talked really well about it. They took it as an opportunity to modernize the infrastructure. and. Sometimes I see modernization, you know, in your content modeling, because you think of 
what did you and your team teach five, 10 years ago versus today where, you know, we're doing chatbots and all these other applications that really didn't exist, you know, years ago. Voice activated is another one. So replatforming can also be a time to have new digital strategies that your company wants you to support instead of putting those huge PDFs out on the website. Oh, everybody loves huge PDFs. (laughs) (laughs) So, so on that note, when we talk about terrible PDFs, what, what makes a replatforming, you know, successful? What are some of the factors that lead that will make it successful? And for that matter, what are some of the red flags that you see where, you know, somebody comes in and says, we want to accomplish this, or they say, what is it that they say that gives you, you know, concern? Right, right. I think a real success factor to me is that, you know, it's like when you originally purchased your system and now you're replatforming is you have clear business goals and objectives. You set timelines. And I think a real success factor is you meet those factors, you know, and because you're spending money and that money took budget and your and your managers and executives want to know how you're doing. So a real success factor to me is you've made your goals and then many of those goals should have included like, you know, performance improvements. Like, for example, we've seen customers, their PDF publishing has dropped 50 to 70 percent from older hardware, older windows, you know, older systems. And we also, re, we, we rebuilt our publishing platform a few years ago. So so you, you, you suddenly starting to say what used to take 20 minutes is now taking, you know, four or five minutes. So your users really gain benefits from it. And then I think the other thing we were talking about earlier is the taking advantage of new you know, let's say new data topic types, the troubleshooting has been very popular. Um, MathML formulas, it's a lot easier to do that, you know, and and, and being able to take advantage of new content types for new groups and so forth that are coming in. So that's the cool thing. Now you brought up what's the downside. Um, I think... I think the downside, especially when, when two groups merge, is... They think they're going to be able to do content reuse, but they just did kind of a hack job of uh, uh, information architecture to get the data content into the same CCMSs. As you well know, if you've, you know, we've talked earlier about, you know, attributes and other things that you need to align. It doesn't need to be perfect. But some of the mistakes people make are the assumptions that, oh, data is so transform, I can do this and that and this. Well, you know, 10 years ago, we all made mistakes and did some things in DITA that made it more, let's say, proprietary or unique. Those things surface in, in not great ways when you're trying to merge different groups together. Um, you know, so you have publishing failures and, and things like that that just aren't seeming to work. You know, those, those tend to be rare, cause, but generally, but I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, you mentioned governance earlier, and I think there's a really interesting sort of balancing act in that alignment, right? Because on the one hand, um, a given company, an organization has some unique DNA and unique features, and they need to preserve those things to make sure that the content that they're producing is, is compatible with who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. At the same time, when you replatform from anything to anything else, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, 
any given piece of software that you look at is going to be good at some things and mm -hmm. not so good at other things. And it has a certain way that it's designed and you have to kind of work within that design. If you try and do things, you know, the old way in the new system, very, very bad things will happen. And, and yet you have, so you have to figure out what makes my content unique and special and interesting and how do I preserve that going forward, but separate that from what design decisions did we make because old software worked a certain way and how do we address that or mitigate that or transition out of that and take advantage of the things that new software gives us without, again, losing our whether it's DNA or culture or whatever you want to call it, but that, you know, that um, overall feel of your content. Yeah. You know, Sarah, that's a really great point. And I, I just last week was having a conversation with one of our professional services experts who's done replatforming. And he reminded me that, you know, DITA originally was built on a file system and there's still things there that when you look in a CCMS that, you know, we take it for granted on a file system and, and people did things, you know, 10 years ago that, you know, today um, you don't have to do it that way because the CCMS automates so much more of it. Things like versioning, commenting, notes, you know, uh, metadata and so forth. So, one of the things we did, one of the replatforms we did last year, a customer had very pretty good data content. We also were able to move over a lot of their CCMS metadata into our system. So, you know, sometimes they replatform for reasons, but they had, let's say it's a good platform, but they outgrew it or something. So replatforming can also incorporate things that um, aren't are outside of your data content and the metadata and and even things like oh, who the author was who made that change in you know June of 2019 and everything and it was pretty impressive to see that history inside of our CCMS that you know they had preserved because again they were a regulated organization yeah that's actually that's another that brings up another interesting thing that we've run into which is the question of what do we keep? And what do we not right. keep? Right. Like at what point do you just say, you know what, anything pre-1980, we have a PDF, we're good. We're not preserving it as editable content. Now, you know, depending on who you are and what kind of products you produce, you might very well need that 1980 content to be still editable because it's still being uh, maintained. But most of the time you can pick a cutoff point somewhere but you're never going to be perfect. There will always right. be that outlier, you know, yep. nothing past 1995, except for this one product. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. No, that's a, that's a great point that, that it's really a time, a great time to take inventory of what do you really need to move forward and what's legacy. And perhaps you just archive it and leave it around just in case it ever is needed. But yeah, it's that 80, 20 rule of what content is the most active that you want to work on and continue on and updating and so forth. So if, if I'm someone who's thinking about replatforming, um, what, what would you tell me? I mean, what is the sort of the number one thing that people need to do to, increase their odds of success as they move into sure. this, you know, pretty complex kind of project. It, it is, Sarah. And my, my number one advice would be to clearly define your business objectives and goals. 
You know, we you're going to be making an investment and you're going to have to ask for budget and, and funding to make this happen. So you have to have clear business goals to be able to achieve this replatforming. And an example might be, and, and again, to take advantage of new digital initiatives in your organization, um, because, you know, even your, 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 your approach today is more document or, you know, even a tripane web viewer kind of approach, you know, so you're going to replatform, we'll be able to take advantage of new, uh, new systems that you're integrating with. Um, Another example we see is people are moving to JSON quite a bit for interactive applications on mobile devices. And we have some really great JSON outputs that are being driven from data content that was written years ago. And, and you know, so you can create some new output types that might fit into a more modern infrastructure instead of just, you know, publishing out some 15-year-old, you know, chump files or HTML and things like that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's really good advice to look at the business objectives and figure out what you have. And then from a technical point of view, I think it's worth thinking really carefully about what is a, uh, you know, a platform deficiency that you can address and what is a, I guess, a choice that's been made that, may or may not be able to be unwound. There's there's all these issues you run into around culture. Um, and right. you touched on this earlier, right? That if the culture is a certain way, then swimming against that is just, it is just pain. It, um, it is. I, I've seen and, hard, I'm sorry, hardware related yeah. companies merge with software companies and just different development methodologies, you know, waterfall versus agile. And, you know, you have to realize your business could be different too. And when you're trying to combine a replatform. So if you combine waterfall and agile, you get wagile, uh, <laughs> which is like that. the worst of both worlds. It's, it's not good at all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting process though, of really understanding when we replatform, what, what can we, you know, what can we fix? What will we just get? Because our new software will do these neato things that our old yeah. software didn't do. And what things are kind of baked in? Um, right. And what kind of decisions do we have to make to, yeah, to make it all work? Yeah. You know, a, one last bit of advice I would offer is you can also learn as you're going through this, this, this replatforming, you know, so learn from the experts, learn from consultants, you know, like your team, learn from the vendor. Um, you're going to go in with certain assumptions and, and, and so forth. So if you're going to come up with a new governance model, you know, pay attention to some of the experts and finally, you know, attending conferences and so forth to see what is going on. I, I noticed, I, I love this term replatforming and I saw at, at CID or, or at Convex, I saw some, you know, people talking about their next generation CCMS. So this is pretty cool, pretty cool trends. Yeah, it's, it's fun that we've lasted long enough to see, you know, not just platforming, but replatforming. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's great, Sarah. You know, kudos to yeah. you and your team for keeping up all those work. Well, I yeah, and I mean, same to you because I think you know there's a there's a small group of us, right? We're small but mighty, and we're going to make it happen. Yeah. So, oh, 
And I'm constantly amazed at the executive alignment that we see in many of our organizations. You know, again, 10 years into it, their executives are still great. You know, the things that we promised, automation, translation, integration, you know, reuse, all those things have blossomed well within organizations. And it's great to see it continue to grow. Yeah, and I think I think that's a great place to leave it on that optimistic note, since we spent most of our time talking about challenges and problems. So with that, Chip, thank you so much. It's great to see you. And you too, thank Sarah. you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.